0: Episode 13, we're back. Probably unlucky for some.
1: Nah, it's going to be a lucky one.
0: Is it? Yeah, absolutely. It's all about the content. Good guest. We have got a good guest this week. Stay tuned for that. Actually, I've got some amazing news. Yes. We- <laughs> yes. <laughs> <Go on. laughs> We've well, had a call to the bang line. woo The bang <laughs> Someone line. Someone has rung the bang line. Fine. Don't ask me what the number is, because I'm going to forget. Okay. But, Stuart, for Mindings, yep. you win the prize. There isn't a prize, <laughs> but, but you win the prize. So, thank you, Stuart. We appreciate that.
1: He's got uh, his own podcast, right?
0: He has got his own podcast, so we need to give a shout out yep. to him. So go check out com, and we'll put that in the show notes as well. Excellent. So yeah, Stuart's got his own podcast on, uh, and uh, you know we obviously want to help support him and get that off the ground. And likewise, you know, Stuart, send us some traffic as well. We need it. Yes. So. Who are we interviewing today then? Yeah, so it's another entrepreneur slash founder. Ooh. So, you know, it's all about understanding who's out there trying to change the world with new companies. So we've got some guy that's running his own business, something about books.
1: Oh, right. Yeah. That, that'll be interesting. It will cool. be. Yes. And don't forget, Hashbang TV is brought to you by Alphapunk, oh. the amazing creative agency for all of your creative needs.
0: The best in the world.
1: Yep. Yeah? Check, check out alphapunk.com and the AlphaPunk on Twitter. Awesome. So, on to the interview. Yes.
0: So, so I guess I first came across you when you were at Orange and you were doing multimedia messaging, um, which was kind of like, you know, it's going to be the next big thing. You, you, you remember that? MMS?
1: Yeah, I remember it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: So, so how did that go?
1: Yeah, we first met when um, I was inventing MMS at Orange, uh, which up till now has been the highlight of my career. Um, So, my background is uh, computer scientist, did intelligent systems at university, did two degrees. um, And then I managed to roll straight into a job at Orange, which was very lucky, 1998. It grew rapidly, very interesting place to work, very different work environment. Um, and so yeah it was great and then France Telecom bought it um, and it changed and I thought I don't really want to work for a big company anymore anymore I wanted to, I uh, didn't want to work for the man, I wanted to work for myself so I was racking my brains trying to find a way of extracting myself and uh, yeah managed to sort of start a consultancy business uh, and selling my knowledge of MMS, of all things, um, and, you know, general kind of mobile expertise uh, around the place since. But the, or, the original idea about leaving Orange was to uh, come up with a product idea. <laughs> so, so how did, uh, how, why did you have an idea around audiobooks? That's a good good question, Chris. Well, it was a couple of years after leaving Orange, uh, and I'd always had a bit of a, a thing for audiobooks anyway. So in between, I did a, a BSc and an MSc, and weirdly the MSc started in a January. So I had six months and I worked as a temp in an audiobook company in Bath, which is my hometown. Um, have, you, have you ever been to Bath? And um, so uh, uh yeah so i was recording tapes cassette tapes and uh they kind of stuck with me and and strangely as well at orange the um culture was about audiobooks as well so they had an internet site where you could Uh, go on order your book and it could be a printed book or an audio book and the next day it was delivered to your desk so a lot of people commuted and a lot of people listened to these audio books and it was all part of the kind of performance process and you know and how you how you manage to uh, improve yourself so there was always this thing about audio in my mind I'm not a brilliant reader Um, I'm not prolific reader I find it difficult Um, so I'd kind of supplemented that by listening to audio books Um, but the real genesis of the idea was sort of sat in bed first generation iPhone. So I got an iPhone from California when they first launched and I was streaming BBC iPlayer content, which was only in a browser at the time, um, so book of the week and book at bedtime uh, over Wi-Fi, you know, to my my first generation iPhone. I thought, crikey, there's an opportunity here. If you could get all the audiobook catalogue and to stream it to smartphones, there's definitely a business there. I was an Audible subscriber, um, and I, uh, you know, I thought, well, if you could combine those two things—a sort of iPlayer-type streaming technology and the the catalogue that Audible had—there was a business. Um, so that that was the kind of genesis of it. Uh, went to Newcastle, went to a concert. I know you guys like talking about pop concerts and stuff like that. Uh, so I went to see the specials. Uh, the first the reunion gig and uh, my wife and my brother-in-law and I sat down drinking loads of Guinness and uh, said look really need to come up for a a name for this business and my wife went wow what about Bardow you know Bard as in Shakespeare and owls are wise right and that was it domain registered and we haven't looked back since.
0: So that must be pretty challenging coming up with an idea about audiobooks when you're not a publisher or in publishing. So what kind of you know, what kind of challenges have you faced? How hard has that been?
1: That's right, yes. I've never worked in publishing. I've always worked in technology. I've always MMS. worked it in worked in mobile technology, including the massively successful MMS. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so I, I approached this idea as, as a technology innovation initially, which was, you know, just streaming would be better than having to download these chuffing great CDs uh, and then transfer them to your device. Um, but once you've done that, you, know, you obviously start talking to publishers, and, and they've been very receptive over the years. Um, and we, had to, we knew we had to compete with a business model. Um, and so when you start streaming, you start thinking, well, actually, you don't need to pay per book. You can pay... You know uh, a monthly fee and get access to it and about six months after the the idea formed and, and we started talking to publishers spotify launched in the in the uk um and so that's that's how we're known you know spotify for audiobooks but actually the initial idea happened before all that stuff so um yeah Definitely outsiders, you know, but we're very much partnering with publishers, you know, we want to take their content, they've been recording these things for 40 years, we want to take their content and sell them with this new technology and this new business model. So yeah, we are seen as an outsider, but I think we're seen as a positive thing, we're working with the partners, we're not trying to disintermediate them. So yeah, that's how we managed to do it. So you're working in publishing now? Um, and your surname is actually Book. Yes, that has been pointed out. My surname is Book, and I am involved now in books. So, uh, yeah, uh, the publishing community do find that hilarious. Um, it does get a little bit, you know, wearing after a while. But
0: So so throughout this time, right, you've been been working on this idea. It's obviously uh, at the same time you've been working for, like, bigger companies like Telefonica and stuff like that. So talk us through kind of your experience of... Bootstrapping a startup whilst holding down a kind of, you know, a day job. You know, there must be a lot of people that are watching the show that are interested in that kind of thing, but haven't quite taken that kind of leap of faith about working on something. In their own time.
1: Yeah, it's it's not easy, you know. But you have to, uh, you know, you have to bring in income. You have to pay for your mortgage, and you've always got this thing that you want to be doing. And it, yeah, it's just one of those things you have to do. I think the answer is that you can't do that alone. You have to build a team around you. So um, we've got a team of seven people that work actively on out none of which are working on it full time. Um, And that's kind of bootstrapping. You try and find different ways. So we've raised an angel round, um, which isn't enough for any of them to go full time. uh, And we need to raise a subsequent round as well. Uh, But we're also, so we're revenue generating since launch. And um, we've managed to kind of win some competitions, which which bring in some cash as well. Um, So you just try and do anything to just hustle your way through uh, and hope that you get it to a point at which the product is proven so that you can raise some more money uh, in in order to do it. So I think, you know, there's a lot of talk about kind of organic or or bootstrapped businesses and and that kind of stuff. It's just hanging in there. You know, I think a load of people, a load of startups, they, uh, you know, they start and they start talking to big partners as well. So you're trying to balance that thing of working with big partners. Um, And, you know, they then disappear. And so that gives the whole startup you know word a bad name if you're a big company trying to partner so you've just got to hang in there you've got to keep going back and keep talking about the business model uh, and just prove that you're here for the long term by not disappearing Uh, and and it is tough and you you just try and get the cash in and and keep hanging in there Um, and and it's amazing being launched because you you can then you've got something to point at and say look told you this is what we're going to do and we've done it Um, so yeah bootstrapping is a bit of a myth it's very difficult to do but it's the only way to start a business I think Wow, so you've been bootstrapping it for more than three and a half years. Um, you know, there must have been some highs and lows during that time. Can you sort of tell us what the highlights have been
0: and what the lowlights have been? Obviously, the highs coming on Hashbang TV.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, you'll know, Chris, it, it's, uh, it's a roller coaster. There's no, there's no other word for it. You know, some days you'll receive an email from uh, a publisher saying, yes you know we're totally in we totally get it and then other days you might get something about finances like, oh you know so every single day it, it, it is highs and lows um Highlights: We won a digital innovation award from the Bookseller, which is the you know the publishing industry magazine, newspaper, weekly thing. Um, and the publishers on that panel decided that Bardow was the most innovative thing in 2011. So you know, going to a ceremony and picking up an award like that from the industry that we're all outsiders from, pretty much, um, was definitely a highlight. <coughs> I don't know if I can go into any lowlights really, any specifics. Well, there was one thing. We spent uh, a bit of time working on it full-time, my business partner and I, Neil, uh, and we almost came to blows because we were talking about churn, you know, subscribe, so it's a subscription business uh, and and customers come and go and you call this thing churn. Uh, We were so focused on the the business modelling, on the spreadsheet that would work out how many customers we'd lose each month that we almost came to blows about the maths of it. None of it, neither of us knew what we were doing and guess what, no single... No single investor, no single VC, nobody has ever asked us about churn in all
0: that time. So I've heard about Audible, um, how's Bardell different? You know, give us a flavour of what it does.
1: That's a good question about you know, who, who already provides audiobook services. So the existing way that audiobooks work is you either pay for them a la carte, so from iTunes uh, or from download to own sites and you pay the full price of the book and you download it like you would uh, a CD. Uh, and, and then it's yours forever. You own it. There's a subscription model where you pay a fixed fee each month and that entitles you to one book or you pay double and it gives you two books. What Bardow changes is uh, it's nine ninety nine a month and that means you have all you can eat access. So you can listen to um, one book all the way through or you can sample and listen to an hour here and an hour there. Um, so the classic use case is you're a busy guy, you're on the train on the way up, you're listening to uh, some a business book to motivate you. On the way back... Um, you listen to some fiction to chill out, and when you know, you're know you with the kids, you play them some some children's audio. Um, we want that to be as open access as possible. So it's $9.99 for all you can eat access to audiobooks. That's the major difference. The technology innovation is the fact that it's streaming. So wherever you are, on a mobile network, on a Wi-Fi network, you pick the book you want to start listening to, and it starts to stream. Um, but we been a bit clever, we used that experience from Orange, co-founder and I both worked a long time there, um, to cache some of the content. So you start playing and it stores up to three hours of your favourite books in the app itself. So if you do go on a tube, if you go on a short flight, you, still, you can still listen to the audiobooks that you're currently listening to. Um, so that's how we differentiate ourselves from, from the other players. So
0: three years of bootstrapping, holding down day jobs, all that hard work, you finally get it launched. How did it go? How does it feel?
1: It was excellent. Yeah, really good. I mean, it feels really weird to be launched. I've used this phrase a few times people I've talked to, you know, it feels like the day after your wedding. You've been preparing so long for this thing. Um, And then it's done. And you sit there and you go, Oh, what now? You know, and this is where the hard work really, really starts. Right. so yeah, we've got lots of coverage, so it was, it was kind of uh, from two different areas really, so Technology Press picked up on the technology innovation bit that I just explained and the Publishing Press, so we were in the bookseller um, and we we're also in Publisher Weekly which is a massive you know, publish, publishing uh, newspaper in, in North America, um, so it's been great, feedback's been really, really good, um, the application itself is working very, very well. Um, the one the one piece of feedback that we've had is, it's only business books, you know, how, how do you expand and um, that, that's our plan really. So yeah, it's been excellent, feels very strange to be live, been talking about it to everybody, uh, I think you know, you've probably heard about it before the last few years and, and now to actually have something in the App Store so, you know, please go download it from iTunes, uh, search for Bardow, B-A-R-D-O-W-L. Yeah, so that sounds like you've got great traction, you know, it's only a month since launch. Uh, what are you going to do next with it? What next for Bardo? How'd you get to world domination? <laughs> world domination. Uh, we're not quite there yet. Um, but what do we do next? As I just alluded to, we need to expand the content. So we're only business, we're only on iOS, we're only in the UK. Um, so the next step is to get fiction, poetry, children's, humor, travel, you know, a, a wider range of books from more publishers. So our mantra now is um, more books in more genres from more publishers. So the good thing is that launching and and the, the kind of coverage that that generates has really, um, yeah kind of in- interested the, the publishers as well. I think they understand the model in, in lots of detail and they're very willing to retail with us. So it's all about expansion. Um, and then we've got two things that we need to do. We need to launch in North America. And the thing about apps and apps distribution is that you can you can do that. You know, Once you have the rights for the content um, assigned for, for those territories, it's very easy to distribute an app into those countries. Um, and the other thing we need to do is to be on other platforms. So you know, we want to set out a platform for Android next, and then Windows Phone 7, you know, and we will try and get it get Bard out to be an application on as many different platforms as we possibly can. Um, so, world domination, not yet, but we're working very hard on it. That's brilliant, Chris. Thanks so much. Really interesting stuff. Yeah, thanks for inviting me on. Um, I think it's a great podcast. What you're doing, uh, really enjoyed being interviewed. Thank you.
0: Sure, we've seen that guy somewhere before. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, okay, uh, handsome chap. Yeah
1: excellent well what a brilliant interview from chris of bardow um, yeah, you okay. can go to http bardow.com
0: http
1: yeah http 1996 p- bardowl.com he said he mentioned that i think uh and and download the application if you have an ios device is, or is just say
0: bardow.com would have been but a lot easier wouldn't
1: bardow.com. it? bardow.com
0: yeah okay so so you, you're wearing the t-shirt yes you went to the Stone Roses? I did.
1: Was it good? Oh, it was absolutely fantastic. What, yeah. a, what a gig. I mean, it was huge. Eighty thousand people first night. So first time they played in the UK. For, oh, that was the
0: that was the one. It, yeah, it was the ah, opening okay. night.
1: This is the one. That was the song that everybody came together and sung. It was just a fantastic gig. Bit muddy. Bars yeah. were shit, but they pulled it off. It was excellent.
0: Excellent. Okay. <laughs>
1: you like my t-shirt?
0: Very nice. Yeah, it's cool. I got a red one on too. Have then. you? Oh, yeah. we're
1: matching. Oh, nice. Lovely. <laughs>
0: So, that's it for another episode? I think that's the
1: best episode we've done.
0: Well, yeah, maybe. The
1: interviewee was fantastic. You liked him, didn't oh, you? Oh, I, I felt a connection. Did you? Yeah, a real connection. Yeah, I felt him
0: a little bit creepy, but. You okay.
1: Know, yeah. Interesting business, though. Yeah, but one, one to watch. One to, one to listen to. <laughs>
0: hey, thank that's you. That's good.
1: Okay, till next time then. Yeah, in the bag.